Welcome to the Fireside Show. My name is Wojciech Wiengrzyński and I will be your host. Hello everybody, welcome to the Fireside Show, question and answer session two. Today I'm going to talk about the new professionalization of the podcast and we're going to cover the listener experience survey we had in December. Before we start, please let me share a message from the sponsor of the show. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with OFR Consultants, a multi-award winning independent consultancy dedicated to addressing fire safety challenges. OFR is the UK's leading fire risk consultancy. Its globally established team has developed a reputation for preeminent fire engineering expertise with colleagues working across the world to help protect people, property, and the planet. In UK, that includes redevelopment of Printworks Building in Canada Water, one of the tallest residential buildings in Birmingham, historic structures like the National Gallery, National History Museum, and National Portrait Gallery in London, and internationally, its work ranges from Antarctic to Atacama Desert in Chile and a number of projects across Africa. In 2023, OFR will grow its team. It's keen to hear from industry professionals who want to collaborate on fire safety futures this year. Get in touch at OFRConsultants.com. And now uh, back to Q&A, where we're going to discuss uh, what the professionalizations and sponsorship of the podcast means to you as a listener, me as the producer, to the sponsors and uh, what it will uh, do to the show. Hopefully not much or hopefully you will not notice big change outside of this uh, broadcast from the sponsor every now and then. And later in the show, we're going to cover in depth the listener survey. There's a lot I've learned from you, and I would like to share some feedback to you. Well, the survey was anonymous, so that's my only chance to give you a response to what you've wrote in there. So let me take that chance. So let's start with the professionalization of the show. So the, the first question, Wojciech, did, did you sell the show? No, I, I did not. I did not sell the show. In the world of podcasting, there are some ways to commercialize the podcasts. Basically, three ways are possible. One is popping in some adverts from advertisement marketplaces, which means that uh, you would hear ads that are not very relevant to the podcast. You would hear about mattresses. And I don't know, medicine or some other stuff that people just pay to, to advertise everywhere. Or you can hear about some other podcasts. So this this is a very common way to monetize podcasts. And I thought that it's not going to serve my audience at all. So I've never considered, even though it's the easiest way to monetize, that's literally one click of a button in my podcast hose and I, I start advertising. But no, I... This one was not, not for me. The second way is uh, community-funded podcasts. And this is very interesting, and I've considered that for a long time. I have some community aspects to, to, to buy me coffee, and, and I, I seriously highly appreciate everyone who was participating in the podcast through this way. This was probably the, the most important messages you've left me when you were sharing your donations uh, with the podcast. This voluntary mode, uh, it works if the podcast is, is really enormous in size. For smaller shows like mine, to have this community funded, I would have to put it behind a paywall. And I really don't want to do this. I, I mean, I think the huge value of this show is when it is widely available 
I had people messaging me from across the world in the last Q&A. We um, had comments from Iran, for whom the, the podcast is a valuable resource. And I hope there's many, many people like that who can just tap into the show and learn from it without any constraints, without any boundaries limiting them. And I would really like to have it like this for a long time. I, I seriously never considered paywalling the, this content because it would kill the purpose of the show. So if advertisement marketplace and paywalls are not the way, the, the third way is to work directly with sponsors. And, and that's what I thought that could work out really well. If you think about any fire conference, they always are sponsored. And I thought it could be possible to have a similar model of cooperation with uh, brands who would pretty much like brand exposure and who would like to just share their message, share information about themselves, build recognition within the community that they will be happy to, to participate. And, and that's the model I've, I've invested into. So what does it mean we work with sponsors now? Basically, the sponsor can purchase a, let's say, a virtual stand in the podcast. They can have different levels of commitment. Um, they can have their brand exposed at different parts of the podcast and the surrounding content around the podcast. So they can have ads in the episodes in various places of the episode. That also different places are, are different exposures, let's say. Um, the sponsors can have their logos positioned on the covers of the podcast. They can have their banners on the website. They will be mentioned in the newsletters. They will be mentioned in the social media. So basically, that's that's pure brand recognition type of collaboration. There are multiple levels of commitment with the sponsors. And uh, Ofar is the diamond sponsor, which is the, the highest tier. And there will be only one sponsor of this kind at, at the time for the podcast. But maybe we will work with some more companies in the future alongside. In terms of, of what brands I can expose, I'm also like limited by the place where I work. Uh, ITB, I don't want to build any conflict of interest uh, between me and the clients of ITB, so I'm very picky about who I can work with. For the podcast itself, uh, the brand deal, it gives quite an interesting marketing possibility because now the podcast episodes are also marketed at the sponsor's website, at the sponsor's social media. So the show is reaching people that I was not able to reach with my personal channels. It's very interesting, and I, I really love how this dynamic unravels and what it will bring. I hope it will bring more people to the show because I, I want to serve as many people as I can. And the most important thing that the professionalization and sponsorship allows is securing the longevity of the podcast. So why is long life of the podcast secured? As you know, I was doing this as a hobby project. For 83 episodes, it was just me working on everything in the show. The show comes with some costs involved uh, that I have to pay for software servers and external subcontractors. They're not massive in, in terms of hundreds of euros per month. But still, they add up quite quickly. And the second thing is, is the, the show costs hours. It's a lot of work to, to produce this podcast, up to 10 hours per episode, sometimes 8, sometimes 12. But usually it goes down to, to approximately 10 hours per episode, which is a lot of time. And as, as mentioned before, eventually it's, it's inevitable. There, there must be some source of funding that supports this long term. I don't want to 
put this on community. So I figured out putting that on a sponsor is, is absolutely the best way. Now, because of this deal, it's not ju- that just the costs are covered. I am able now to outsource editing of the show. That is the, if, if you would read anything about the podcast, that is the number one most important decision in, in the life of any podcaster to finally decide that editing can be outsourced rather than done at the house. And I'm, I'm thrilled to see how that will work out. Important thing is that me and my sound editor were going to now synchronize the softwares because we were using different softwares. I was just using one software to edit. They were using other pieces of software to do the mastering. Now we're going to try and do all in one cloud uh, application, which means that the transfer between us will be much easier. So I hope that will free a lot of time, a lot of time that I will be able to use on creative process, you know, brainstorming new episodes, brainstorming new pieces of content, writing, uh, making this better. And when I will be editing, I will be focusing more on the message rather than, you know, imperfections of the audio file that I am cleaning right now. So I really, I'm really thrilled to, to have this um, part of the podcast production outsourced. It's really a leap of faith in a way. It's very difficult to take the decision to outsource this part. But having the brand deal finally uh, gives me the budget, the possibility to really try and see if what everyone is saying, outsourcing, editing, uh, how much that will change in the, in the podcast creation. I will also create a lot of operating procedures because now we're going to have to work in, in a bigger team, which means there will be no how related how the podcast is produced, secured. You know, a lot of companies have these histories of few hundred years of operation because of their procedures, because of their intellectual property being written down and secured. So yeah, I, I hope all of this added together will really secure the long life of the show. Well, now I, I've signed a contract. I have to do it for at least a year. So that's also a good thing to have a contractual requirement over my head to to keep <laughs> pushing and keep doing that. It's it's uh, much more comfortable. Um, from the uh, from the sponsor perspective, uh, as I was talking with with OFR, this longevity was also an important aspect for them. At some point, uh, Dr. Danny Hopkins mentioned that the podcast is a critical CPD for them and their team. And when we were discussing about this brand deal and, and their involvement in the show, they really highlighted that the, the podcast is important for them, for the development of their team, for the development of their engineers. And they would love to invest to secure that future. So I, I hope it's a large goal, you know, to, to keep going and, uh, keep producing this show and keep uh, giving you content you deserve, I really hope we will be able to achieve that for a very, very long time with uh, this new professionalization of the podcast. The final important thing related to the opening sponsorship possibilities with the show, opening the ability to work with the show, is the creative freedom. And I've been already asked by multiple people about that. What's the impact on the content that these kind of partnerships have? So essentially, it's absolutely fundamental to me that I have 100% creative freedom in making this content, building the podcast, making it as I like. 
And I also try to be, you know, a guardian that protects you from the realm of horrible science or unjustified research or, or just horrible scientific-ish marketing. Um, me as a gatekeeper, it's, <laughs> it's very important to me that I have the final say in what goes into the show, who's invited, what topics we're going to talk about. So the, the sponsors do not have a way to affect what's inside the show. I have some mechanisms put in place to protect them if something wrong would be published in here. So, for instance, if, I don't know, some sort of accusations come up in the show or someone is presenting very unscientific view that's damaging to the field of fire science, as maybe you recall from the last episode with Mike and Steve, it was noted that industry makes research to, to create the, the playing field to shape the environment in which they work. So I assume if, if a very damaging statements to the field would occur in here, the partners of the podcast would not be very happy uh, about that. And, and we have some mechanisms to handle situations like that. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that such situations will not have place. But that's that's pretty much the end, only part where the sponsor would have any say about the inside of the podcast. However, well, ev everyone has a say. You can always sue me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a uh, that's a possibility. Not not just for the sponsors there. Um, I also have a full content ownership for the podcast that that has also been asked. There is um, the the copyrights are with me and the Fire Science Show. I'm not selling this out anywhere. And if you have not known that, the podcast is produced in Creative Commons license. So you're very welcome to do whatever you like with it as long as you give the credit to the original podcast episode. So that, that's not changing anywhere. So to wrap up the part about the um, professionalizations and, and brand deals and the Fire Science Show, I think it's a win-win situation. It's a situation in which you, the listener, you will have your show produced weekly, great content, great guests, very high quality, maybe even higher quality than now, and potentially more forms of content as I free time. Maybe I'll brainstorm something interesting. For my partners, I that's a chance to build brand recognition. It's a chance to broadcast messages. It's a chance to connect with my audience. And also I'm getting back from them promotion of the show through their channels. So absolute win-win there. And for myself, it's a significant relief in terms of the financial burden the production of this show had on me. I was super happy to do this and I would be happy to continue. But if there's a possibility to move this burden on some other party, I'm more than happy to, to have this burden moved away. And also, hopefully, by collaborations with external editors, I hope to free some time to develop more creative ideas to serve you better. And now, creative ideas, let's, let's jump to the second part of the podcast. I have run a listener experience survey some time ago in December. It was running out for three weeks. And I've expected I'm going to get like 20, 30 responses to that, really. I was absolutely overwhelmed with the amount of, of responses and the quality of responses I got. Because I've received 110 
filled out questionnaires. That that's a lot like seriously, I, I have not expected that. Thank you so much. It shows that the community around the Fire Science Show is very healthy, if you can call community healthy. And it's very engaged. It seems that the podcast is an important thing for you that important enough that you spend some time online filling a questionnaire. I, I really, really appreciate you spending your time and helping me understand the current state of the show, understand what you expect from the show and understand where you would like a show to be going. One immediate observation from the show is the role of, of social media channels. I've asked about how did you know about the survey and how did you learn about the show itself? And it seems an overwhelming amount of responses is that, that you're coming from LinkedIn here. That's interesting. And uh, I think somewhere around mid-November, I've started spending more time creating content on LinkedIn. I hope this will lead to more um, leads in, in that platform and will bring more people to the platform. I'm, I see that this is possibly the most efficient way to share the podcast with new listeners. So I highly encourage you to interact with me on LinkedIn because it, it really helps sharing the message and we will see how that platform helps me build the podcast. You know, more people, the better, because it, there's a lot of important lessons in here. And we want to have as many highly educated fire safety engineers around as possible. The second in interesting observation, and that's actually quite brilliant, is that 34% of the listeners who filled the survey learned about the podcast as a word of mouth, as a personal recommendation. And wow, that is a huge number. I have not expected this to be such a huge part of the audience that came to the show by personal recommendation. It's like 20 times larger than just Google search. So, so, so the chances that someone randomly comes here and joins our community is very low. But uh, the chances that if you recommend the podcast to someone else and they will be part of the community is, is very high. And I will keep encouraging you to share the show because... I also, in from other questions, I, I know that uh, just a small part of the podcast audience is sharing the podcast with their immediate circle of, of friends or circle of professional contacts. So I will highly encourage you because this seems like a really, really great way to build up audience, build up listeners, find out new people who can benefit from the show. Guys, word of mouth. Wow. That, that, that is... I was not um, ready for that reason. That's a massive, massive source of, of new listeners. So please help me build that. Please, please help me share, share that word of mouth. Please help me find new listeners. You are great at it. You're killing it. Your job is, is amazing. So thanks, thanks for everyone who's already been supportive in this regard. Another interesting aspect of the show, the transcription of the episodes through the survey, I found that approximately 10% of the audience is using them, actually. That's much lower than I've expected. So I thought that uh, more people are using this functionality of the podcast. However, in the personal communications, a lot of people were requesting the transcripts. And I also see is as some sort of accessibility uh, function of the show. So it seems that not a huge part of the audience is using them. But I would assume that for those who are, it's a very important part of the show. 
So I absolutely will be continuing doing the transcripts and I hope to improve their quality again with the outsourced work powered by the professionalization of the show. Even if it's just for a few people, I am very happy to deliver that for you so you can consume the podcast in the best way you can, the most useful way you can, and hopefully it, it, it serves you. So even though it's not a huge number of users, I am very dedicated for those users to continue doing that. The most important question for me, like literally I've built the whole survey to ask that question. It was very fundamental for me to understand what do you think about it was uh, about the length of the podcast episode and the potential split of episodes, you know, to publish uh, it in two parts, one on Wednesday, one on Friday. And what, what do you think about it? And I got a very confusing answer from my audience because uh, it's literally split half by half. Like half of the audience is very happy with such a split and half of audience is absolutely against splitting the podcast into shortened forms. I guess it comes down to the ways how we consume podcasts. Some of us have shorter trips to work. Some of us have longer trips to work. Some of us are listening to podcasts while exercising or while doing some longer activities. And some of us have don't have that much time and just consume it on the fly where there's like 15 or 20 minutes available. I guess uh, the outcome is that I will not split the podcast. However, I will do some stuff that hopefully helps. First is I will try to make the podcast more concise. Like many of the 50 or one hour long episodes could have been for 40 minute episode without any harm to the content. So I'm going to try to make the podcast a little more condensed. That's also another benefit of having a second pair of eyes on the edit process. Maybe together we will be able to figure out how to make this um, show a little more condensed, a little easier to digest for the consumer. I will also start using markers to mark the chapters of the podcast. It's a functionality that I already have. I'm not using it. It's kind of annoying now as me and my editor, we're using different packages it's not very straightforward to implement those chapter markers. So it's it's l actually a lot of work at the moment to to have this working. However, again, with the professionalization, with the change of our operating procedures, we will be able to put it in the flowchart and mark the chapters in the show as we produce the, the, the episodes. The chapter markers are a very convenient way that allow you to quickly jump into part of the podcast. So if you're consuming on the fly and you end up somewhere as a new topic in the podcast episode begins, you will be able to quickly find it within the podcast episode and then restart from that point. So hopefully for those who have less time for listening, for whom the 40 minute or one hour long episodes are a little too long, you will have a chance to quickly restart your listening experience from a point that matters for you. And hopefully this way, you will be able to consume the, the, the content in an easier way, similar as if it has been produced twice a week instead of one a week episode. It's very hard <laughs> to have everyone happy in a, such diverse and large audience, but I really hope this uh, narrows both uh, teams. The next thing I've asked you about were the topics of the podcast. So I am very interested about what you would like to hear in the show. The show is something I create, but I create it for you. 
I'm very happy to create the episodes for myself like I've been doing for a very long period of time. But I even, I'm even more happy to create episodes that are important for you, that touch the subjects that are relevant to you, your work, whatever you wish to learn from the show. And uh, I hope to continue doing that. Uh, but to, to do that, I need your feedback. And here I've received amazing, amazing feedback from the listener survey. Uh, I've asked about some topics, how you feel about them, which are the most exciting, which are the least exciting. It seems that uh, the series about experiments that change fire science is, is really loved by the audience. It, it got the highest ratings. Uh, thank you very much for that. It was an um, interesting concept to, to try and talk about past experiments. I didn't even know how to talk about experiments. You know, it, sometimes it can be very boring, like discussing with people where they've placed thermocouples. So I, I had to develop this set of questions about uh, experiments that need to be asked and yeah i think it's it's working real well in fact tomorrow I, i'm recording another episode this time about runehammer tunnel fire experiments uh, i'm super excited for that and uh, this is a series that is absolutely not going anywhere i've asked would you like to hear from founding fathers of fire science this is also something you would like to hear and something I would like to do more. Hopefully, with uh, some help of friends of the podcast, I will be able to connect with the giants of the discipline and, and convince them that it's, it's worth of their time to share with us how the fire science, fire engineering looked in the 70s, 80s, when many important things were discovered. And I, I love to talk about those times of fire science, especially that they are still impactful on what we do today. The third topic that was rated quite outstandingly is the fire physics. You like hardcore fire physics. I acknowledge that and I am happy to deliver that. Actually, already has been delivered in a way with the episode with Rory. And I'm trying to convince Rory to do more. We're going to cover more of, of fundamental fire science. Fire physics, uh, it's topic I love the most. So I'm super happy that... You love it as as much, and uh, it reassures me a lot that there is space to talk about the physics in the podcast, uh, especially that the podcast is listed in physics on the iTunes. So very happy to talk about physics in here. You will definitely hear more about that. For the things that were lowest uh, ranked, first, the conference series were ranked quite low. There was just one episode covering conference in Warsaw. I wanted to do more, but it doesn't seem to be very exciting uh, thing for you to learn what happened at the conference if you were not there. I guess I will stick more into pitching guests from the conferences and just having classic uh, podcast episodes from the most interesting talks of conferences that I am attending. The next one is, is probably SFPE Europe in Berlin. If you're going there, uh, make sure to catch up with me and let's have a beer somewhere. <laughs> I hope to find some nice speakers in there for, for sure. But uh, I'm not prioritizing conference coverage for now. We'll see. For the future, maybe I will find some interesting format to do that. But for now, it's not a priority. And uh, one more topic that had mixed reviews in, in a way, and that was quite surprising for me, was uh, wildfire science. 
if I think about it, uh, the audience of this podcast are fire safety engineers related to built environment mostly. I don't think there's many wildfire scientists uh, who would be listening to this show. And in some way, these are two separate legs of fire science that are not that much connected. I really hope that the Fire Science Show could be a way to connect these audiences. I hope it is partially achieved by that. But also I acknowledge you don't want to listen that much about wildfire science. It doesn't mean it there will not be wildfires in the podcast anymore. There will be. Because I believe many things that we learn from that field of fire science is highly relevant to build environment. They do th stuff different than we do. And we need to learn why they're doing it like that to maybe improve our own operations. So I will have episodes. There's one coming about uh, living fuels very soon. So, so for sure, I will keep producing content that will help you learn about this important part of fire science. But I will not prioritize it too much. According to the common vote, democracy, yay. I have also received 64 four individual <laughs> podcast episode recommendations. I could technically just recall them for one year and be done with it. Uh, it's amazing, guys. Thank you so much for pitching me 64 ideas for podcast episodes. It's difficult to brainstorm new podcast episodes, difficult to brainstorm new interesting guests. I am thrilled that you have shared with me so, so many recommendations about the possible topics of the podcast it's amazing like you guys are the greatest like you, you're the best audience i have never dreamt about having audience that is so nice helpful and involved in what i create it's it's like you know when you come from the world of the world in academia it doesn't look like this it's not very rewarding in that um aspect it's very rare to have any discussion about what you have published what you're doing with anyone unless you initiate that discussion and here i just ask you like is there anything you would like to tell me and I, boom i receive 64 podcast episodes that is astounding next aspect of the of the survey is um, about the, the types of content that we have in the podcast and how we feel about them so let's hear about the ins and outs of the podcast for 2023 the thing that is the most in from the survey is um, video podcasting. And I need to talk about this a little bit. There seems to be general interest in having a visual component to the podcast, and I acknowledge that. You were very enthusiastic about the podcast. I've asked about two types of content, short-form content uh, and long-form content, essentially a video podcast. For the second one, the video podcast. I have been consulting that a lot. I've done an online course about video podcasting. I am not sure if this is worthy at this point of the podcast to build a complete video component for the podcast itself. I think it's better to focus on the main content I provide you and just general growth of the show. Eventually, at some point, maybe, maybe we will switch to a video podcast as, as the main form. But for now, even though you, your response was quite uh, positive about that, and, and I appreciate that, I think it's not the best investment of my resources to, to go for that because it, it really changes the, the, whole, the whole podcasting thing. It changes the technicality of it a lot. And I still have a major 
thing to jump through with the changes in editing process and uh, new operating procedures that we're going to implement in here. So I, I would not like to open uh, this uh, thing now. The second thing is, though, short-form content. I've been thinking about it a lot, and I think it would be a really brilliant thing to create shorter videos to accompany the podcast episodes, you know, take snippets of the podcast episode, the most juiciest fragments of the episodes, create a short five-minute video posted on YouTube, have it found by people, enjoy it by people, have it shared everywhere with the link to the main podcast episode. I think this is the type of content that would do very, very well. That would be very nice and practical for everyone. Uh, you would have ability to, to, to consume it and share it with your friends. I think that's something that I will invest in in maybe second or third quarter of this year. Again, the professionalization of the podcast allows me to free some time and resources to try and do that. And I hope this will be time and resources well spent to produce these types of videos. So, yeah, somewhere on the horizon, there is a video component to the Fire Science Show. And I will make it happen, the, the short form content at least, for sure. So look forward for that. Video podcasting is absolutely in. One thing that's out is blog posts. I wondered how you would feel about the, the blog component, like text component to the podcast episodes. And it seems uh, you prefer videos over reading a lot. And I highly respect that. And if uh, a majority of the podcast listeners are neutral or not very interested in blog posts, I guess there's no point to invest time and resources in doing that. I would rather invest the time in scripting the videos and, and making the video components. However, with the recent emergence of the chat GPT and the AI technology to assist writing processes, maybe I will have ability to make some automated posts. We'll see about that. But it's not something on my priority list. So blogging is out for 2023. Another thing that's in is using markers to mark the podcast chapters. You have heard about it a few moments ago when I was discussing how to split the podcast into more digestible chunks. We're going to use the chapter markers to mark the chapters of the individual podcast episodes. So you will have easier access to them. It should work really well. I hope you will enjoy that functionality of the podcast. So markers are in. A thing that's partially out <laughs> is a newsletter. It was actually divided in half. There's a group of people who seem to enjoy the newsletter. There's a group of people who would prefer a monthly newsletter over the weekly or bi-weekly one. I think a neutral point is having it uh, some sort of bi-weekly content. I actually really enjoy writing these newsletters and uh, communicating with the audience through this way. And it's important for me to build an email list around the podcast to have a way to, to connect with all of you. So I will keep doing that. I mean, there, there was a lot of people who, who enjoy that. And uh, there actually are people who respond to my newsletter. It, it's really fun to interact with uh, my listeners through this medium. So I would highly encourage you to, to sign into my email list. You'll see a pop-up in the podcast main page and... Uh, you can sign in there. 
It's another piece of content that I'm delivering. Hopefully, it's valuable. They are not very long to read. They're hopefully very interesting to read. I give always a personal, different view on the podcast episodes, on the podcast content in these newsletters. So I hope you will keep enjoying them. I wouldn't say newsletters are out. You were a little neutral. For me, they're a little in. So the newsletters are here to stay. And last thing that was considered in is some sort of do-it-yourself materials. And I think that plays very well with the video content that I would plan for the podcast to show how some stuff is done. So show how some tools are being used. And also I'm considering opening some sort of education service through through online courses or more in-depth education rather than the podcast episodes. So I guess this type of explanatory content uh, where I would be able to share more direct knowledge with you. I hope this will be well received by the audience. So do-it-yourself stuff is quite in. Now, at the end of the podcast, <laughs> that was the biggest surprise of the of the survey, I guess, for me. Uh, besides the fact that there, there was like 110 people who have responded. At the end of the survey, there was a place, if you'd like to share something with me, you can write some stuff in there. And I, I have not expected really anyone to leave me a message. And I have received over 80 messages. Most of them were very encouraging to continue the work on the podcast and saying that you love the show in, in very different ways and words. And it really melted my heart to read that. I have never, ever in my life read so much encouraging and positive things about my work in my life, like seriously, it was uh, it was fantastic to to go through your responses and very very encouraging to to continue doing this podcast. I've tagged some of the questions in the that I've received to answer them on the air. Uh, one was about having speakers from different parts of the world. I was directly asked, would I do a podcast with speakers from Indonesia? Absolutely, I would do a podcast with speakers from Indonesia. I would do a podcast episode with speakers from anywhere in the world if they have a message to share with the FIRE community. I am super happy to interview, you know, renowned professors in the FIRE Science Show, but I am as thrilled and as happy to interview PhD students or postdocs. Whoever has something to say in the world of FIRE Science, whoever has a message, to share with the rest of fire engineers in the world, they have a place in the Fire Science Show. So send me an email. Let's see what the subject could be. Let's see if that would be an interesting episode and let's let's make it happen. The second one that I wanted to come on was that uh, some episodes of the podcast are on very high technical level. And it's a feedback that I am receiving literally from day one of the podcast. That It's interesting, but sometimes some stuff is not uh, very well explained or like really high technical level, not very approachable. It's difficult, you know, because I want to deliver the, the highest level fire science to you. It doesn't mean it has to be not approachable. And I will dedicate some time in the podcast to create more approachable, like early level episodes, content that is helpful for people coming into the industry. An example of that is, is episode 83 with Rory Haddon about the combustion and flame. 
where we try to talk about combustion and flame in, let's say, a simple manner. Not that successful if I think about it where we went with it, but I hope it was a type of content that anyone enjoyed and uh, that uh, was in a way an introduction to the field. So I will try to do more of that. Please let me know if some content is unapproachable because that means I need to make another episode with introduction to that content. And then we can make a topical collection, move them around a bit so you first learn the introduction, then go into the podcast episodes. In this way, everyone benefits. So yeah, that would be very good. Um, thank you very much for this, this is very, very good comment. I, I often need a reality check on, on this. Many people ask for the video component. I've already answered that, that we're going to try and do short form video in the podcast. We will see where it goes, but I hear you out. A lot of you are directly writing about that, so I feel obligated to deliver that to you. I had some feedback that uh, brought to my attention that I am sometimes overwhelming in the podcast episodes, in the interviews. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I kind of am sorry for that. I'll try to control that a little more. I understand that uh, it's usually the guests who have the most interesting and relevant information to you. So my rambling is sometimes not very helpful. I've actually went through the last like 30 episodes to check the word count in the podcast episodes to see if I really did talk more than my guests. And in one episode I did. Uh, sorry for that. But I'll try to keep that under control. Thank you for this uh, feedback. I mean, I, I appreciate it a lot that you share also the things that you are not happy in the podcast. And uh, that's the only way I can improve. So lesson noted, I'll keep the rumbling for the podcast outros, which you can turn off. And this type of Q&A episodes where I have unlimited rumbling space, which I happily take. Next one, that was an interesting one. Will there be any Fire Science Show merchandise available? I am testing some ways to print out t-shirts and I have like third generation of the prototypes and I'm not happy with them still. So I, there is some more generations to come, but eventually merch would come out. You know, I'm imagining the scene with like five or six people wearing Fire Science merch in a bar having a great time. That's something I would love to. And if you would love to show your passion to the show through apparel, <laughs> I'll try to get that delivered to you. Another interesting piece of feedback that I've received uh, was to discuss more real fire events in the world. That's very interesting. Uh, I already have a part of the show on the experiments. Now I have a segment on the fundamentals. And I think a segment on real-world fires could be very, very interesting. So if you have a uh, good idea of what fires you would like to hear, hear about first, please message me through email or through the contact form. Uh, let's make a list of the, the most interesting fires that happened over the world. And let's see if we can talk about the investigations from these um, fires. I think this type of content can be really interesting to everyone. And finally, one last comment that I am sometimes overly excited about research that uh, not every research is great and not every researcher is brilliant. And I tend to 
you know, showcase them as the most amazing uh, findings in the world of fire science here. I am sometimes overly excited about the research presented in here, and I'm also like cherry picking the, the things that I believe are the best research pieces around. I acknowledge that some of them may not be the best research around, or, or there may be different views about some research items presented in here. And I always appreciate your feedback about that. We now have this Q&A form, and I highly encourage you, if you have a comment related to an episode, if someone said something that you think it requires explanation or there's another view on that, let's use the Q&A to have a discussion about that. I, I will always be biased, you know, that that's who I am. Uh, unfortunately, I, I technically could change that, but I'm not very willing to, to change that. So my overexcitement will continue in the podcast and I hope it's not a deal breaker for you. And I, I just cannot remove some biases, you know, go back to the episode with Mike Kinsey and you'll understand the role of biases in, in fire science. And I guess there's a lot of biases in, in creating fire science uh, podcasts in here. So I am not very able to fully remove them. It is not a journal peer-reviewed paper, the podcast episodes, and they will never be. They will always be biased. But I give you a vehicle to discuss them, to share your opinions, Q&As. This is the place where we can fix the bias if you think um, any of it is there. So I think that this summarizes the listener experience survey. It was great stuff to, to hear directly from you, to learn from you, and uh, I hope this whole thing will make the podcast better. I'm very happy to discuss the podcast professionalization, sponsorships, and the directions for the future. If you have any further comments about where the podcast should go, what should happen with it, are you happy with it, are you unhappy with it, please let me know directly at my podcast email, Wojciech at firescienceshow.com. You can always reach me there. Sign up to the newsletter. Let's have a direct contact. Share the message about the podcast. And uh, yeah, that would be it. Thank you for being here with me on the second Q&A session. And uh, see you around on Wednesday. Cheers. This was the Fire Science Show. Thank you for listening and see you soon.